a platform that is built to address variety of needs, the volumes that we have, locations we have, um, and has this approach of, of turning the corporation inside out from a culture perspective. How do we enable the culture? I think that is the right platform today. Hello, everybody. I'm Arnab Chakraborty, Managing Director for Accenture's Applied Intelligence Practice. I'm here today with Shail Jain, who is the Data and AI Global Lead at Accenture. Shail, glad to have you here today and uh, looking forward to our discussion on modern data platforms on cloud. Arnab, it's my pleasure to be here. It's always good to be talking to you and, and especially today when we're talking about the latest and greatest in data platforms. I am pretty excited about these conversations we're about to have. Awesome, awesome, Shail. So Shail, I think, you know, just to take a step back, I think uh, last 18 months has been phenomenal, you know, uh, in terms of the level of uh, unprecedented change that all of us have seen, you know, both in the professional life as well as in our personal lives uh, because of the pandemic. And, uh, you know, uh, we are seeing a tremendous acceleration that's uh, happening, you know, with respect to the digital transformation. So, you know, as we think of that, just to set some context, you know, I'd love to get your perspective as to, you know, what kind of, um, you know, trends have you been seeing in the market, especially with our clients, you know, about their view around data and insights and the role it will play in the future of their business. And, and in that context, why do they need to think about these modern data platforms on cloud? So it'd be good to get some perspectives on the trends and uh, signals that you've been seeing from the market. So, you know, these are signals that we've been seeing for a while now which is the whole notion of competing on analytics. So as the digital native companies have disrupted many industries, more and more brick and mortar companies are realizing how do we effectively compete with these companies? And it turns out that the biggest asset that they have, the digital native companies have, is their handle on data and analytics. So, it's, it's, it's almost passe to say today that you need to have your house in order from a data perspective to effectively compete on analytics, because that's what you compete on, is analytics these days. And, and that has become a reality for many corporations. And they've started on the journey a while back. But what they're realizing is that it's not just a question of doing uh, basic analytics and dashboards, you have to be able to do predictive analytics as well. And, and that requires you to really scale up your infrastructure to a point where you can handle a lot of volume and variety of data that comes your way for you to be able to do these kinds of analytics. And, um, and, and people also realizing that it just can't be a sort of a slap on. It has to be um, an inside-out view, which is what we at Accenture are calling data-led transformation. And it truly is a reinvention of the company from the inside out. So while digital, you know, you could actually put digital front ends to your company, um, you can digitize your channels. I think when you're talking about data-led transformation, it's a reinvention from the inside out that requires you to think of not just technology, but also the organizational challenges that come with it as well. So I think 
is top of mind and it has now escalated and bubbled up, I would say, to the board level where there is not a single board member that is not asking the question to say, where do we stand on our data and analytics? No, that's, that's, that's fantastic, Shale. That's fantastic. And I think it's very encouraging to see how the conversation probably has now shifted, as you said, which used to be a CIO or a CTO conversation or maybe, uh, you know, a business uh, officer conversation to a board conversation, to a CEO conversation, right? I think that's really, really fascinating. And, and, and you know, this journey is, is not an easy journey. It's, it's, it's quite a hard journey. And there are, as you say, the digital natives have done that. And now the brick and mortars are trying to actually see how they can actually compete on analytics like a digital native. So in that, uh, Shail, any, any North Star example in your mind, you know, across industry that you're seeing, you know, with, may not have accomplished the whole journey, but they're able to show that promise. Any, any example you can share with us that is uh, one of your, your favorite? So, um, I mean, there are, there are many examples, but as you know, you know, companies that are like Capital One, right? This is a company that actually, when it started, it started um, as a company that was going to compete on analytics. And this is a company that has kind of set the trend for many other companies that have come after. Um, but they took on um, the, the established financial industry with, with the premise that they are going to collect data and they are going to write their policies and their products are going to be based on data as well. So I think Capital One is a is a great example of uh, of how to compete on analytics using data. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I think Capital One is a great example, and it shows how you can create breakaway leadership, you know, in your industry, you know, with the power of data, which is which is fascinating. And 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 I think you probably see that. I see that in our discussions with our clients, saying that you know this is great, and we have a great proof of concept we created. And now we want to scale it, and that's where the you know hell is breaking loose, because we are tied to our legacy you know structures. We are you know tied to our legacy uh, data structures in place, and we need to modernize that. So you know how do how do we go about that, and what needs to be true? You know as you think of a modern data and analytics platform, you know that can enable and fuel that transformation. What needs to be true? You know, uh, you know wherein you have a legacy. And you have to move into a more completely modern structure. Um, you know what needs to be true. What does the journey look like? One of the best examples that I can I can see is McDonald's. You know, this is a company that is dealing with a um, a, a modern time where the pandemic has hit, and um, things like Uber Eats and um, Postmates. They're sort of threatening the business, fundamental business model for McDonald's. So they had to do something to really come of age. And their CEO, ex-CEO, decided that they are going to compete on analytics. And they put together a data environment and analytics to the point that it has become the envy of the industry where um, if you are driving to the restaurant, uh, they would know by geofencing how far you are and when to put your burger in the furnace so that when you get there, you will get your fresh burger for a pickup. When you drive up to 
the, the restaurant, depending on the weather, depending on what your past preferences are, they can actually serve up a menu to you that is specifically tailored to your needs and your family's needs. They can even change prices. So this is where they're taking their business and purely based on data and analytics. I, you'll see more of these companies, you know, adopt such a, um, a business process of engineering through decision process of engineering, if you will. And, and I, I, we see that a lot across the industry. I love I love the term decision process engineering. I still remember the era of BPR in the 90s, and I think this is a new era, you know, of decision process engineering, which powered with data, powered with AI, and and the thought that comes, you know, a lot of clients actually talk about, okay, you know, I'm going to set up this big data platform or enterprise data platform, and and that will help us unlock value, like the example you you just shared, Shale. What what in your mind would would organizations need to think about when they are actually setting up an enterprise-wide data platform? What are the you know critical functionalities and features it should be designing it for so that it really unlocks the transformative value? Great question, Arnold. Um, so as you know, the data today comes in different speeds, shapes, sizes, and locations. So what do I mean by that? You know, it's not just a question of batch data. It's a question of real-time streaming data that's coming from social media, for example, coming from IoT. It's, it's in different shapes as well because to do certain type of analytics, you may want a rectangular shape, which is you know, SQL, or you may need a star schema, if you will. Um, and different shapes required for machine learning. Um, it's also on different locations. So data could be on-prem, it could be in the cloud, or it could be on the edge because the proliferation of IoT devices. And, and finally, um, it's, it's also a different size, right? There are some, you know, there's still a notion of small data and big data, but the volumes vary as well from time to time. So you need a platform today, it can handle these different aspects of data. And not only that, it should be able to handle the different consumption needs because you, you still are going to do descriptive analytics, predictive analytics, and prescriptive analytics. So you need a converged data platform that can handle those consumption patterns. And, and I would say, um, uh, you know, there are different needs for the data warehouses from a data architecture perspective, and there are different needs for machine learning. So it's got to be able to handle handle those as well. Um, I think automation is key in any platform you build today because, um, as you know very well, that a large portion of any data and analytics project is actually in data wrangling, data preparation, data curation, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And if you have automation, you can actually shrink the size of the iceberg that's below the water. And that allows you to get your data scientists to focus more on the analytics rather than on the data engineering. So I think automation, high levels of automation is very, very important. Um, and I would say one other thing, which is, you know, the, it, it, we just did a survey, Arnav, as you know, at Accenture with MIT. And um, the top two challenges that came out 
as the clients are facing. Well, we interviewed CXOs. This includes CEOs, CFOs, CDOs, CTOs, and CIOs. And the top two challenges are culture and change management are the top two challenges. Now, while we can use the traditional approaches in terms of some deft sociological approaches to handle change management, executive commitment, and, and those kinds of things, I believe, being a technologist, that I think platform can help you with culture and change management as well. So think of Slack. People, companies that have implemented Slack have actually brought about a new culture in the company. And you could do the same thing with the right platform. So imagine a platform that is like Amazon. So your data has a catalog that you can understand as a business. You can search through it. You can figure out who's used it, what have this been used for, how frequently it's been used for, what other people are saying about it. You can play with it. You can experiment. You can discover the data. And then look at all the analytics that were done on it and see, oh, I don't need to develop it. I can, I can go do this. So having that and, and the social aspect of it, and you can even gamify it with the right platform where you can have gamification of whose data quality is the best, which departments, which individuals, right? And then you can say which algorithms are doing the best predictive aspect of it. So you can gamify it. And that's how you create a culture as well. So I think a platform that is built to address variety of needs, the volumes that we have, locations we have, um, and has this approach of, of turning the corporation inside out from a culture perspective. How do we enable a culture? I think that is the right platform today. Love it. Love it, Shail. Love it. I think the different dimensions you talked about for the platform is 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 very very interesting the piece that got my attention as you talked about the you know the change management and the culture i think i think that is so right you know every data led transformation is actually a cultural transformation program you know for the company and and that kind of brings me to a point about you know as as we try to drive the adoption inside the company we have to enable the people inside the company so that they can appreciate and they have a common language that is established to you know be part of that transformation and to me that that indicates the whole topic around data literacy right as to how we are actually empowering the people in the organization to have a common language when it comes to data so I want to get your perspective you know shale in your role you know that you are playing inside accenture you know, what is your view around that topic as we work with clients? And then if you can also share what are some of the efforts, you know, you are driving within Accenture, you know, to elevate the literacy, you know, of the overall company. Absolutely. So to me, you know, every culture has a language. So if you're trying to drive a data culture, it has the data language. And that's, that's, that's where the literacy comes in. And literacy to me is... How well an organization, a corporation, is able to read, write, and interpret data. And it's not, it goes beyond, you know, understanding how to access data. It, 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 it goes into how do I interpret data? For example, is this the right quality of data? 
is this the right, do we have the right ethics involved? Like, do we have the ownership of this data? What can I do with this data? Um, and, and how can this data be used for my business process improvement that, are, that I'm working with? Or the, the other way around. It's like, what data do I need to improve my business process? What data am I generating? What data is being generated in some other places? And what is being done with data in other places as well? It goes back to the platform thing that I was talking about, which is the platform can help with the literacy as well. But then you need this literacy at all levels of the corporation, not just at the grassroots level. You need it at the executive level as well. And it's a different level of literacy for them. There, the literacy for the executive levels is more about how can this data um, help me improve my business performance? Um, you know, do I need to buy data from outside or, um, or I can rely on the first party data? Do I need to participate in a data ecosystem where I have second party data and I collaborate with other, com other companies? For example, um, I've had conversations with several of our clients who compete with retailers, online retailers like Amazon. And they're saying their biggest strength is data and the analytics that drives it. Why can't we all come together in an ecosystem, pull our data together, and then effectively compete with a like of uh, Amazon, if you will? And those are the strategic sort of imperatives. Those are the strategic thought processes that um, the executive management of a company has to become literate on. Um, and I think if you cover from top to bottom and, and, and get this as a part of the culture, it's also part of the measurement of the company as well. For example, you know, we, we talk about um, the, the, the citizenship, right? There should be a concept of data citizenship where you are responsible for the data that the company has about you. And if you are a leader in the company, you're responsible for the data quality of the people, the processes, the products, the partners that you deal with. So you, you sort of you know, distribute the, the, the data quality responsibility as well. And that becomes a part of the measurement. So the literacy is not gonna happen because you just put a video course together and says, go take this course. I think it has to become a very much an embedded part of the culture, which goes all the way from objectives and measurements and, and the policies that you set and the tools that you make available to people as well. Yeah, no, very, very well said, Shail, very well said. And I think what you are what you are getting at is that this needs, needs to become the top leadership priority. It has to start with the CEO and the C-suite, and they need to be actually role models of holding up the literacy agenda within the company you know it's and that's how you really start seeing walking the talk you know I, I think i also get that sense you know from your narrative here which is extremely important i think i think to 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 round it off uh shale for our audience you know would love to get your advice on few key innovations you know that is happening in this space right that leaders need to be pay, paying attention to for today and for tomorrow you know i mean there's so much of innovation happening in this space every six months something new is happening so you know any advice on you know the top three innovations in this happening in this space that leaders need to pay attention to 
I was going to ask you how much time do you have? Because I tell you, this space is rocking. It absolutely rocking with innovation. So I, I guess as I think of what's coming down the pike um, in the future in the data world, um, the one trend that I'm seeing, and it's this trend has emerged over uh, the last few years, which is remember the apps used to be centralized on a mainframe, and then we went to a distributed architecture, right? Um, well, that never really happened effectively with data. The data has been only getting centralized. We've never really thought about federation or data distribution. And, and, and I think we're seeing a trend that, you know, as they say, too much of anything is, is not good and too much centralization is not good as well. And so we went from the world of data warehouses, the data lakes, the data oceans, and people realized that that is not necessarily the best thing um, if you wanna be a very effective, very mature data organization. And so we're seeing a concept and I call it distributed or federated data. Uh, some people call it data mesh, but a concept where you know, just the way you have a domain that handles a set of applications, you have a domain-based um, data distribution, right? Where if there's a claims organization, so that anything to do with claims, they will handle the data because they understand what data quality means in the claim context. They understand what sort of analytics are needed to be driven. Um, so, so they would drive, this domain would drive the data that pertains to that domain, and then they will publish their, their data environment in terms of data products. So as, as you've seen, you know, there is a notion of a product orientation in, in, in the data world as well. So you publish that as a, as a, as a data product catalog, not a data catalog. I think people talk about data catalog. But now we're talking about data product catalog. And so other people, if I am, you know, part of um, sales and I need to understand claims, I would go into this, into this established contract that I have um, and pull up the data product, which is not just data, also has algorithms, you know, processing that goes with it as well. Okay. Um, and it has all the qualities, much like you would have this in a, in a microservice, if you will. Um, and I see that as, as the future, where you have domain-led domain and uh, product catalog-based approach to federating data throughout the organization. Um, so that's one big thing that I see. Um, the other thing is really, you know, what data has done to AI, um, AI has to do that same thing to data, which is how do we bring intelligent automation into the data processing, the data munging, data wrangling that has to take place. And I'm seeing some good trends in this area. I'm seeing trends like um, auto classification of data for privacy, for quality purposes, even auto quality, right? Meaning you can do auto healing of data through AI. Um, and obviously things like um, auto labeling of data. So you can do, um, you know, labeling is a big part of machine learning, right? So how do we, how do we use auto labeling? 
I think that's that's uh, the second trend. I think the third thing I see is that um, we're going to be talking about more and more converged data platforms, not data warehouses, not data lakes separately, um, or ODSs. It'd be more converged data platforms. For example, things that companies like um, uh, Databricks are doing, right? Databricks has come up with this architecture that looks very promising. Um, they call it Lake House, which is a combination of data warehouse and a, and a, and a data lake. So I think uh, we see more of that happening. Uh, it'll continue to happen. And uh, lastly, I would say, um, you know, with any technology, there is um, um, sort of, you know, uh, associated um, harm, right? Much where nuclear technology is great, but it has potential for doing a lot of a lot of harm. And data and AI have the same thing. So I see innovation coming in that area. So how do we make data more private? How do we make it more fair and unbiased? And I see um, innovations in that space as well. For example, on the privacy side, um, you know, Accenture has invested in a company called TripleBlind, which does symmetric multi-party compute, which is an alternative to homomorphic in encryption, which is basically simply saying that how do I work on data that is encrypted? Because I want to protect the privacy of the data. So I don't want even my data scientists to find out, okay, to be able to buy accidentally see what's in the data. So I have to encrypt the data and then the algorithm has to work on the encrypted uh, data. And, and that's happening um, um, very well now. Um, and, and I think we've invested in a company as well to that realm. So I think these are you know, some of the areas where I see innovation and, and there are many more and looks very, very, very promising. Well, thank, thanks a lot, Shail. I think this is, you touched upon a number of areas, you know, when it comes to modern data foundation and, and the value it can create for the business and, uh, you know, what are the different considerations organizations and leaders needs to keep in mind, you know, as they go into that journey. So uh, great, uh, great discussion here, Shail. And uh, I really appreciate your sharing your insights and, you know, also talking about the innovations, you know, that we should be paying attention to. Uh, before we round up, Shail, any last word of advice uh, for our audience? I think um, the best advice I can I can give you is that um, that pay attention to the sociological aspect of this technology, like any other that that we've dealt with before, because you know technology would have its bumps here and there. You can overcome them, but the real issue is the social aspect of this technology. You know, how do we get this embedded in our culture? How do we get people to believe in it? How do we get people to believe and trust the data that they have as well and believe in the power of this technology by protecting people, customers, employees, customers, and partners from the harm that it can, it, it can do. So, just, just pay attention to the sociological aspect of data as well. Thank you. Thank you, Shail. Great conversation with you. And a big thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, please subscribe and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and uh, reach out to Shail and myself for any follow-ups that you would like to have. Thank you again.